You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. On Monday, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that the Biden administration is legally allowed to open the border by force to cut down razor wire along the Rio Grande sector of the U.S.-Mexico border in Texas. The usual suspects voted for this, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, Kentaji Brown-Jackson, but they were joined by so-called conservative justices John Roberts and Amy Coney Barrett. So in response to this ruling, which shocked many, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, drafted a letter not simply to the administration, but to the world. And here's part of what it says. Under President Biden's lawless border policies, more than 6 million illegal immigrants have crossed our southern border in just three years. That is more than the population of 33 different states in this country. This illegal refusal to protect the states has inflicted unprecedented harm on the people all across the United States. Abbott goes on to say the state of Texas has the authority under the Constitution to, quote, protect itself, That authority is the supreme law of the land, and it supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. And then, following very quickly, 25 other states with Republican governors signed a letter pledging their support to Texas and its constitutional right to defend itself and this country. Those states include Ohio, Florida, Utah, Nevada, and many others. And then the Biden administration responded. The administration threatened these states, and particularly Texas, with a, quote, 24-hour deadline to allow Border Patrol to reopen the border and to take down the barbed wire. Clearly a collision course. What happens next? We're thankful to be joined now by Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, who joins us by phone from India. Governor Abbott, thank you so much for joining us. If the administration declares that it plans to federalize the National Guard of the state of Texas, your National Guard, what will be your response? Well, first, I'll be shocked. That would be a boneheaded move on his part, a total disaster. Uh, But for one, as you might imagine, we are prepared uh, in the event that that unlikely event does occur to to make sure that we will be able to continue exactly what we've been doing over the past months, and that is uh, building these barriers, uh, whether it be the Constantino wire or other uh, anti-climate border barriers, whatever we've been building, the Biden administration uh, is now trying to attack us because of it. Uh, and we will continue to do exactly what we're doing to expand our denial of illegal entry into the state of Texas. With state employees, I assume, not with National Guard. But can you envision a scenario in which you would put armed state employees on the border instead of the National Guard of Texas? We we do have other armed state employees uh, on the border as we speak right this minute. And uh, that's the Texas Department of Public Safety, as well as other law enforcement officers, as well as National Guard from other states. And you can be assured there will be more National Guard from other states and more law enforcement officers within the state of Texas and other states. And, Tucker, I just signed a law, a new law in the state of Texas that will go into effect on March the 5th that authorizes any law enforcement officer in the state of Texas to be able to arrest anybody coming across the border illegally. Have you spoken to the president or anyone from the Biden White House about what appears to be uh, an imminent collision? I have not, to be clear. Uh, I have spoken to the president about the border. Uh, I met him on a tarmac in El Paso and talked to him directly about what was going on. I handed him a letter that had in it immediate solutions he could take that would immediately secure the border without the need of any new law to be passed. Despite the fact that I handed him uh, on altogether eight different letters, he has refused to ever respond. My point in telling you that we have laid down the precursor 
of what's called Article Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution to show that uh, we have been invaded and we have demanded support from the president to safeguard our state, and they have refused to do so eight times, and that authorized me to uh, uh, declare an invasion under Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution to make sure that Texas is going to be able to use every tool in our arsenal to defend our state. Uh, of the couple of dozen Republican-led states who've pledged support right, folks, for you. folks, we're going to get more into this border story after this short one-minute break. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and check out the awesome deals that we have going on. Great products in stock that will supercharge your body's defenses this winter at InfoWarsStore.com. Stick with us. More on the other side. Media Matters, the Democratic Party. MSNBC and others have asked me to apologize for making a parody video game criticizing the deep state and all the corruption. And to all them, I just want to say this. Go f*** yourselves. <laughs> Alex Jones' New World Order Wars has been number one on Steam thanks to the viewers and listeners of this broadcast. And I want to invite everyone, before they are successful at banning, which I hope they aren't, to go to alexjonesgame.com and follow the link to Steam and download this game for 1776 as a message to the New World Order. F*** you. You want to try to ban this game just like you want to steal elections and force injections on us and open up our borders and rape us. This is a culture war, and they're scared of this game. Get Alex Jones New World Order Wars right now at alexjonesgame.com because anything badass gets censored! You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. Crazy things happening. The border is wide open because our government wants us to be invaded and they want us to go to World War III because our corruption has tied knots in our foreign policy point where we have to cover one lie with another lie and eventually one war with another war and it seems perpetual but people are waking up because this network and others and other voices are telling the truth and there is actually a great awakening happening i highly recommend you check out the book the great awakening by alex jones it's a fantastic piece on what's happening and what is to come i think in the next several years regardless of the outcome of this election in the fall but we see that people are waking up. We see that the Elon Musks are waking up, that the Joe Rogans are waking up, that the Tucker Carlsons are waking up. Not that any of them were ever terrible people to begin with or anything like that, but there's an awareness of the level of corruption at the highest levels of world government and all the major superpowers. And this awareness is not because of any single expose. It's not because of any single document or news story that's broken, but it's because everyone, regardless of their political persuasion, has been lied to so many times by the establishment media, by the establishment intelligence community, the establishment political class, one way or the other, they've been lied to so many times that even though as a people and as a culture, we don't realize necessarily 
where to go for the truth or what the truth is, we do now know as a species, as team humanity, who the liars are. And it's encouraging because I see this report here. WHO chief admits that info warriors are hindering the new world order agenda. We're going to run clip number 23 here in a second. So I can show you the director general of the World Health Organization recently complained to his globalist colleagues because they are losing the information war. The WHO chief said their goal of achieving security and equity for people around the world is not easy due to fake news, lies and conspiracy theories. Let's check out what he says here in this clip. But if the final products do not change the status quo, and if they do not help to ensure collective security and equity, then we will have missed our chance to make history. This work is not easy. And it's occurring in a very difficult environment. The IMB and the IHR working group are operating amid a torrent of fake news, lies, and conspiracy theories. There are those who claim that the pandemic agreement and IHR will cede sovereignty to WHO and give the WHO Secretariat the power to impose lockdowns or vaccine mandates on countries. You know, this is fake news, lies, and conspiracy theories. You know, these claims are completely false. You know that the agreement will give WHO no, no such powers because you are writing it. We cannot allow this historic agreement, this milestone in global health to be sabotaged by those who spread lies, either deliberately or unknowingly. We need your support to counter these lies by speaking up at home and telling your citizens that this agreement and an amended IHR will not and cannot cede sovereignty to WHO and that it belongs to the member states. The reality is quite the opposite. You're safeguarding national sovereignty while strengthening global health security. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. It's not a zero-sum game. The agreement is negotiated <coughs> by countries, for countries, and will be implemented in countries. In accordance so he's coming out and criticizing national. the conspiracy theorists and fake news advocates and proponents for spreading doubt about the legitimacy or credibility or honesty of the WHO and whether or not some of their new policies that they've been talking about, specifically around disease acts, would actually give the WHO the power to enforce lockdowns and things of that nature on the world. Well... It strikes me very funny because the whole world basically did whatever the WHO said during the last pandemic. So they already kind of seem to have that power. So to say that they don't have that power coming into this new pandemic that they're planning and coordinating seems to be really a mischaracterization of how this is going to play out. And the reason I wanted to show that is not only because it's fascinating, but also because... 
when they're talking about fake news, when they're talking about these conspiracy theories, they're talking about MAGA Republicans. And when they're talking about MAGA Republicans, they're not talking about people who support Trump. Yes, MAGA Republicans support Trump, but they're afraid of you for more than the reason of supporting Trump or voting for Trump. They're afraid of MAGA because they're afraid of America first. America first is populist and it is a national sovereignty movement. Globalists hate nothing more than national sovereignty because globalism is the antithesis of national sovereignty. They want every nation to sacrifice its own sovereignty for this globalist government into this one world, new world order. And part of that is things like sacrificing or giving up your rights as a nation in accordance with whatever the WHO says or the WEF says or the UN says or NATO says or the European Union says. They are trying to conglomerate power and that's why they hate MAGA Republicans so much. They say MAGA Republicans are domestic terrorists or that we're the greatest threat to national security or that we're some sort of just bigoted evil movement and that we're supporting this radical candidate and really the reason they hate MAGA Republicans so much is because MAGA Republicans believe that America should be put first by American leaders just as all leaders of every nation should put their own people first it's an anti-globalist movement and that's why they hate it that brings me to Tucker Carlson I want to show you this clip this is clip three Tucker was in Canada. He received a lot of flack for this interaction. But I want to show you this clip because after we watch this, we're going to watch the response to it from these leftist globalists in the Canadian government. And I want you to pay very close attention to their response. Let's start with clip three, please. Well, if you know much about Stevie Gibault, I don't know if I can hurt him. I'm wanting to learn less. Just go back. I find so offensive. I mean, you talk about what's sad. Uh, the disrespect to our province. This is a guy who is an environmental advocate. He's best known for stealing the CN Tower in opposition of fossil fuels when he was working as an environmental advocate. But he also stealed the house of our premier. For Brattenheim. Well, guy that Janeer. He said, maybe he'd be better at that. But imagine somebody going and taking a criminal offense, going onto the reef of our premier, that they make that person in charge, trying to dictate to us how to pull our resources out of the ground, how to manage our natural resources, how to, how to manage our electricity grid. That's what Justin Trudeau has done. So I'm trying to get him fired, but we'd love her hell lot out there. Okay, so she admits that she's trying to get this Stephen Gobelt guy fired from the Canadian government. And they respond to this interaction with, with her and Tucker that we just watched in clip four. Let's watch clip four. Pay very close attention to how they characterize Tucker how they characterize MAGA Republicans and how they just immediately sort of create this straw man and go straight for an ad hominem attack. So they, they, they make it about something it's not about and then they attack the character of this political movement, the character of the individuals within this movement instead of addressing any of the issues at all. I mean, the issue is about this climate czar person, this, this the, the climate change hoax issue going on and they don't even talk about that at all. Let's watch clip four. So uh, we're here, I'm here with my colleagues, Liberal caucus members, ministers all, to talk about what happened last night in Edmonton when the Premier of the province of Alberta, Daniel Smith, invites Tucker Carlson right into the heart of my riding. You can tell a lot about a person by the company they keep. And I have knocked those doors. 
in Edmonton Centre. And I know how progressive a riding Edmonton Centre is. I've represented it since 2015. And for Danielle Smith to bring the mouthpiece of the mega conservative far right to Edmonton Centre to spew hate about LGBTQ2 people is beyond the pale. It's deplorable and we won't stand for it. And I can tell you it is completely unacceptable for the premier of any province to say that she wants to put a target on the back of any Canadian politician and my friend and colleague Stephen Gilbo simply for doing his job. You can have respectful discourse in this country, you can raise the issue, you can bang your fist on a table at a FedProv meeting, that's all legit. But you do not summon the dogs of mega conservatism to come and somehow scare, try to scare us and to try to incite violence against politicians of any stripe. It's not acceptable and if she would take her job seriously, she actually be focused on housing, on climate change, on actually solving the issues of Albertans, like forgetting her ridiculous proposal on CPP, instead of trying to summon uh, evil forces from the United States to try to take on one of our Evil colleagues. forces what from the, the United States. I think the minister also said this in French. What is the violence that they are bringing to Canada? What is the political violence that you're talking about? Just to be very clear. Well, to put, to, to put a, a target on, on someone's back, for example, to, name what is the evil, to put what someone is the in crosshairs. I mean, uh, spewing hate speech about LGBTQ people, trying to bring the kind of division that they have in the United States, north of the border. Um, MAGA-style conservatism has no place in Canada, and it's trying to reach into through our borders. And as Minister Rodriguez has said, conservative premiers, instead of doing their jobs, are trying to invite this wave of populism. And I can tell you, it's making newcomers nervous and fearful. People in the LGBTQ2 community do not feel safe. We have people who want to run for office that take a look at what happened last night in Edmonton and say, why bother? And that is not good for the political commons, and it's not good for Canadian democracy. <laughs> So they're saying that there was a call for violence. All she said was that she was trying to get this guy fired. How is that even remotely close to a call for political violence? And what does it have to do with LGBTQ people at all? Frankly, I have interacted with some of the most right-wing people that perhaps exist in the United States. I've been, I guess, fortunate enough would be the, the, the way to phrase that. I don't know. I've... I've I have interacted with people since I've worked at InfoWars, guests that have come on and different people that I've had the privilege of interviewing and just speaking with who are so right-wing that they make me look like a communist. And I don't know anybody in my personal life more right-wing than me in terms of political ideas, in terms of belief in freedom and individualism and capitalism and freedom of religion and accountability at the, at the political level. And justice. I mean, basically the same things that everybody in the MAGA movement sort of believes. I am 100% diehard. I didn't sign up for it. I already believed it, and then it happened, and now I'm ready to roll. I am on board. And I have interacted with these, some people that are so right-wing, it's like, ugh. Sometimes I'm like, ugh. Really? You, you think that? But I have never once, ever in my life, interacted with someone, had a conversation with someone of the right, of the MAGA movement who has once suggested or advocated for violence against racial minorities or anyone in the LGBTQ community. I have never, ever heard, and these people are extreme, some of them, 
I mean, people that just would love for civil war to happen right away, they hate the government so much. And I've never, ever heard anyone so much as make a remark that they celebrate or love or condone or endorse violence against someone because of their sexual orientation or gender identity or whatever. I've, I've heard people say that they're opposed to identity politics and that they think this LGBTQ thing is ridiculous and bad for our kids. I've, I've heard all those criticisms. I, I've stated those criticisms, but I've never once heard someone say, hey, you see somebody out there who's trans, you should beat them up. They should be beaten. I've never, ever heard that. Nor, I don't support that. I don't think anybody at InfoWars supports that notion. I've never talked to anybody, and I've spoken to the right of the right in this country, in this movement, since getting involved in this political conversation. And they're trying to turn that interaction between this lady and Tucker in Alberta into a call for political violence because they said they wanted to get the guy fired? What does that have to do with violence at all? Meanwhile, the Democratic policy, the policy of the Democratic Party is that as soon as an individual begins to show signs or symptoms of potentially identifying as a gender other than the gender of their birth, they should be sterilized by the state. That's the official policy from the Democrats of what they think is just. Or if we want to use Canada as an example, what was it? 4.1% of all deaths in Canada last year were because of physician-assisted suicide. I think over 13,000 Canadians died because of this suicide pod. Speaking of a call to violence, if you've ever looked at the ad for these suicide pods, it's about the only ad you've seen in the last 10 years that has only white people in it. The Canadian ad for the suicide pods is all white people really excited to kill themselves because of their cancer. You want to talk about political violence? You want to talk about political violence? How about the 10,000 people crossing the border every single day? I have report after report on this very desk of violence and crime as a result of this, not to mention the terrorist activity that's certainly going to manifest as a result of this policy. You want to talk about political violence? You want to talk about political violence or calls for political violence? Well, they called us insurrectionists and traitors and extremists. We're the only ones who actually got killed on January 6th, the Ashley Babbitts and others, the protesters killed by the government, a government which failed to protect the people or the Capitol on that day, a government which actually catalyzed the events which took place. If you look at all the evidence, if you read Revolver News or study Darren Beatty's amazing work, it's abundantly obvious that the party of political violence is the Democrats. I mean, look at what Black Lives Matter did to every city in the summer of love. Burning down police precincts, chasing after Kyle Rittenhouse, and then trying to lock him up for murder when he was literally being chased by convicted pedophiles who were coming after him. And everybody still seems to think that he killed black people. Nobody was a person of color who he defended himself against. You want to talk about the party of political violence? How about the party that funds Nazis in Ukraine for a perpetual war which should have ended abruptly after it started, but which we have elongated artificially because of our funding and weapons and supplies that we've sent, resulting in the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people? You want to talk about political violence? How about the weapons that we left behind in Afghanistan, which wound up in the hands of Hamas, which attacked Israel on October 7th? They knew that was coming. 
It's done with our weapons. You you tell me we didn't know that that was going to happen on the 50th year anniversary of Yom Kippur. There wasn't going to be a terrorist attack. Come on. We didn't know that they were importing gliders in or that they had our weapons or that Iran was taking the weapons from Afghanistan and selling it or giving it to Hamas. We didn't know. We didn't find it. You want to talk about political violence. How about the fact that we are funding the defense of Taiwan right now and doing everything we can to provoke Xi Jinping to just take it over because we've allowed this dementia in chief to be president. You want to talk about political violence. They're calling us politically violent. They're calling us evil. The evil MAGA movement from America has no place in Canada. We're the evil ones while you fund every single international conflict that results in perpetual bombings, rapes, murder, human trafficking, money laundering, and corruption at its core. I mean, these people are the epitome of politically violent, of evil. You want to talk about political violence when they're locking people up for decades just for being associated with groups that were at the protest on January 6th, regardless of whether or not these individuals were actually there. You want to talk about political violence. You want to talk about political violence when they take one out of every four dollars that you make in income tax, and if you don't pay it, they seize it. And if you resist, they enforce the law with violence at the end of a gun, and they take you in, and they lock you up, and it's tax evasion, and you're in prison. You want to talk about political violence. They're calling us politically violent. They're calling us extremists, us radical. When they fund every single war, when they open every single border, when they bail out every single domestic terrorist associated with the right political movement, they get arrested at a Black Lives Matter protest, they get bailed out. You want to talk about political violence. They're calling us violent. We are not violent. It's very obvious that we are not violent because if we were violent, this would all be over. And I'm not saying that we should be violent. I don't believe that violence is the means. I don't think it's the way yet. I think that we need to do a number of other things before we even consider any sort of violence. And frankly, I only believe in violence and self-defense. I think it's the only time it's appropriate. But they would know if we were actually politically violent. And calling for someone to be fired is not the same thing as calling for violence upon that person. I want Joe Biden to be fired. I don't want violence upon him. I want Hunter Biden to be charged, prosecuted, found guilty, and imprisoned. But I don't want violence upon him before that, even though he's the most evil person I can think of. Yet they call us politically violent. I can't even think of a right-wing sponsored violent action. I guess maybe the Charleston protest with the guy that ran over the protesters. But that was, that was a, the Charlottesville, thank you. That, that was a rogue guy. It was a rogue act. What about the violence of basically every single mass terrorist activity that happened sponsored by our government in the last 50 years? Many of these radical killings and bombings, whether it's the Ted Kaczynski's or others, were as an outcome of MKUltra, which is a government-sponsored program that screwed up these poor kids and manifest in their insane levels of violence later on down the road in their lives. I want to talk about violence, and they blame the guns. They say, oh, if you want to have a gun, it's because you're violent. It's, guns are the reason for all this violence. I'm telling you, guns are the reason that this country is as free as it is. 
Now the Democrats are even coming out and proposing a bill to effectively ban militias because they're so concerned with our political violence. Why are they disarming us if we're not being violent? Why are they trying to say that we can't have our own militias, that we can't actually defend ourselves? Why are they trying to neuter us every step of the way? Why are they trying to control all of our money, all of our food, all of our businesses, all of our time, all of our property, and ensure that we can't do anything about it? We can't say anything about it. Otherwise, we'll be banned from social media or imprisoned. We can't show up to protest or assemble. Otherwise, we're part of a terrorist uh, organization and we get recode. We can't vote for the candidate we want to vote for because they're going to remove that person from the ballot or that person's going to be a criminal. Right, and they're going to persecute him and prosecute him. Now they want to take our guns away. I mean, basically, they are systematically attacking every single right that our founding fathers fought for, every single right that we were given by God himself at birth. And they're calling us violent while they do it. This is the worst instance of gaslighting I think I've ever seen in the history of a political conversation. More on the other side. I actually feel sorry for the establishment. They're inbred, they were given the power they have, they're incompetent scum. Look at Lloyd Austin. And I remember when they stole the election in 2020, they told us we should never question another election again. But isn't that all Democrats have ever done? And isn't that what Hillary Clinton claimed Trump was gonna do in 2020? She did that because she was butthurt. She did that because they printed up hundreds of thousands of copies of this Newsweek edition, it's the actual magazine framed in here, with her, the supposed 45th president of the United States. These people are a joke. They still think corporate media is important. Let's show folks an overhead shot of that. They. They still think being in the New York Times or on CNN is important. CNN has an average of 100,000 viewers. Their top show is 100,000. Joe Rogan has 30, 40, 50 million viewers a week conservatively. So do we. But why do we still see them, even myself, at some levels as the establishment, as the top of the game? They're not. They're a joke. They're a fraud. Before I shot this report, I saw this Time Magazine article. Who reads Time Magazine? Who looks at this? Who believes this? I bet the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, will show a close shot of that. I bet he has this framed on his wall. The last place I'd want to be is on the cover of Time Magazine. It means you're an establishment loser or worse. The last place I want to be is in a Hollywood movie. The power structure is a joke. It's over. It's a fraud. So look at this. Just like they're trying to hold up Lincoln, they tried to hold up Hillary Clinton. So I remind myself and I remind you of what a joke and what a fraud they are. And the fact that all their attempts to silence us and to silence you have failed. And now the whole world is listening to what we're doing. And that credit goes to God and God through you, the viewers and listeners. You deserve the credit for this broadcast. You deserve the credit for what we've been able to do. But I want to encourage you to remember how important you are and that we're starting to win. But if you don't support the broadcast, we can fail. 
I need your support. I've got so many great plans we can execute. I've proven I'm in the game. I don't back down. We have victory in a bottle. Thanks to God. Thanks to your support. But I need you to make the decision, those of you on the fence that have never gone to InfoWarsStore.com, to support the broadcast. We know some of the viewers go there. They're great people and we thank them. But what about all of you that have never gone to the site? Just like our information is powerful, don't you want to experience the supplements I'm promoting? Don't you want to see for yourself whether they're good or not? Because I know if you try them, you're going to love them. Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus supercharge the cells. Incredible energy. So good for your whole body. Immune system. They're 50% off right now. What's the name of the special I gave it? It's the Supercharge Special. 50% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Even though both of them are selling out, I want you to experience them, see how great they are, and go, wow, just like his info, his products are amazing, and then become a regular customer so we get stronger together and move into the future. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, take advantage of the special, Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, 50% off together in this special. We are the future, you are the future, and I thank you all for your support. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geyser, your host this morning fired up a space on X. Make sure you join there if you want. We're going to take calls oh, in the next 30 minutes or so. We'll start taking calls. I'll put out the number in a little bit, but there's more news to cover. So I wanted to get into the story about Democrats proposing a bill to effectively ban militias. So a pair of Democrat lawmakers introduced a bill that would effectively outlaw militias in the United States. Senator Ed Markey, Democrat from Massachusetts, and Representative Jamie Raskin introduced the Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act on the anniversary of the January 6th Capitol protest. Now, keep in mind, I don't think any of the organizations that were at the January 6th insurrection were actually armed. Obviously, there was the intelligence community-sponsored pipe bomb, but they haven't identified whose that was. And I think Darren Beatty might actually be onto something when he says that it was the government's all along. But the bill seeks to limit most militia activity, creating criminal penalties for people who engage in certain conduct, including intimidating elected officials. It's already a crime. Why do you have to have a bill for that? Interfering with government proceedings, already a crime. Obviously, you're putting everybody in prison for January 6th and pretending to be law enforcement, also already a crime. So what is this for? It's obviously not for those three things that are claimed. It must be for something else. Otherwise, they wouldn't be wasting their time writing it. Marky claimed the bill will prevent another January 6th incident while citing fake news about the events that transpired. Quote, three years ago, white supremacists affiliated with paramilitary organizations stormed the U.S. Capitol, shattering windows, walls, and the families of five U.S. Capitol police officers, Senator Markey said in a news release earlier this month. So, first of all, they're saying that this new legislation is going to prevent another January 6th from happening, but, but they've already prosecuted everybody from January 6th because it was already illegal. So the fact of the matter is, folks, they don't want anybody organizing 
for a common defense because they want total control over every aspect of our lives and they don't want us to be able to do anything about it. It's as simple as that. And we know that the vast majority of gun violence in this country occurs with small arms in between gangs or criminals or people who know each other. It's not this sort of random mass shooting phenomenon that adds up to all the gun violence in the nation. It's not January 6th protests or hate crimes against someone because of their race or ethnicity or religion or sexual orientation or gender identity. The mass amount, the, the vast majority of gun violence occurs, it's gang-related. It's, it's, it's crime on crime. It's people who know each other. It's, it's in the inner cities between these poor communities who have a culture of crime and violence. So why is it that they're coming after the malicious? Something that's explicitly protected in the Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America. Well, it's because they know that the political climate in this country is about to get even hairier, and they don't want anybody coming together for the common defense. They want to make sure that they have complete control over the political dynamic in this country, and they don't want anybody doing anything like declaring themselves independent or defending themselves or organizing together to protest. They want to ensure that we are all unarmed, silenced, compliant, and working so that we can give everything that we earn over to them. It's as simple as that. And they're keeping the border wide open so we can import as many new people as possible into the country to live the same enslaved, subjugated lifestyle that we are living and that we have succumbed to. I'm going to show clip one here in a second. Apparently, anybody who comes out against this open border is a bigot similar to those who opposed school integration after the Civil Rights Act of 1964 passed. Let's run clip one and see what Joy Reid had to say about this immigration debate. And and very quickly, this massive resistance, it sounds like the old Southerners who said that we will resist integration by any means necessary, that Chip Roy language. How does that read inside of the Latino community? I mean, it's, it's, very, it's very simple. You know, if you're the Republican Party, you're, you're allegedly the party of laws and order, and you're essentially telling local authorities to break the law. No, so I think once again, going into this image of, you know, who is the party of law and order and who is the party for democracy, I think that's where we all have to highlight the hypocrisy, regardless of the politics. They're essentially telling people to break the law. The party of democracy. I don't know how it is that you can run for office in this country, swear an oath to protect the Constitution of the United States of America, which doesn't mention the word democracy once, and then advocate for a different form of government than the form of government the United States is supposed to be after you've sworn an oath not to change the form of government of the United States. It doesn't make any sense to me how they get away with it. And it's ultimately just indicative of the fact that they don't care what's actually constitutional. They don't care what's actually true. All they care about is manipulating the psychology of their constituents. They want to make sure that the people are as dependent as possible on the government so they can justify ever expanding that government. And that ensures their power forever 
until every individual is rendered powerless in this country and relies on the political class for everything in such a state of desperation that they will give anything for even a modicum of relief of their suffering. That's where we're at. And I don't understand how it is that people fall for it. I mean, maybe everybody's too stressed out or too busy to pay attention. Maybe I'm just a special type of person. Maybe the listeners out there are just special people. Maybe the crew here is just a certain personality type where we're irked by corruption. And so we pay hyper close attention to what the political elite are doing, which makes us privy to information that the general public isn't. But I don't understand how it is that we go from a revolutionary war over a 2% tax on tea or whatever it was. We declare independence over a tea tax, among other things, of course, I know. And then now, one out of every four days that you work, you work for the federal government. We're on the brink of going to war basically with the world because all of the money that you do pay in your sort of enslaved, subjugated state to the federal government is funding these international conflicts. And then our own border is left wide open while we fund the protection of everybody else's border. And no crimes are, are, are prosecuted in our judicial system if it's a crime against you, if your house is robbed, if you're robbed, burglarized. Likelihood of actually going after that guy and catching the guy who did it is totally low. And the politician that you want to vote for is perhaps not even going to be on the ballot if the Democrats get their way. I don't think they will, but that's what they're trying. Basically, we've gotten to a point where you can't say what you want to say, otherwise you'll be censored. You can't spend your own money because it's being taxed. Now they're trying to track the other money that you have with this new digital currency. so They can totally control what you spend, when, and how. You can't do what you want with your time. You can't spend your money how you want. You can't say what you want. You can't vote for who you want. And if you complain about it, you'll go to prison be falsely accused or prosecuted or persecuted. They don't want you to have a gun to defend yourself. And if someone attacks you, they're not going to bring justice to that person. So we basically have no rights and the government does everything except for the things that it's supposed to do. And everybody's sort of cool with it. Everybody's just using their turn signal, driving to work. Everybody's just watching their Netflix or their HBO. Everybody's playing on their little Nintendo Switch. Everybody's trying to get the high score, having a great time. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for having a good time. I have a good time all, all the time. But how can you truly enjoy yourself and live life knowing that every right that we ever had is, is gone? I mean, people think that they have health care in this country because it's mandatory to have health insurance, but it's more expensive now than ever. I mean, we are totally enslaved by the government which promised to set us free. More on the other side, folks. The elites don't want you to know this, but the ducks in the park are free. You can take them home. I have 558 ducks. The leftist control freak brain is obsessed with dominating every facet of culture. They want to own the universities and Hollywood and the media and the education of our children. And as they lose control, they get more and more angry, more and more bullying, and more and more neurotic. 
And so when I got approached a couple years ago by some great video game makers, and they said, hey, we're going to produce a video game where you take on the globalist and where you educate them with a voiceover and, 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 and where we do all these really fun things. I said, 100% I'm behind that. And I knew that once we released the game, if it was a good game, it would be extremely successful, and then they'd come in and try to censor it. It was a huge success on a private platform, alexjonesgame.com. Then two weeks ago, it hit Steam and went to number one, the third largest platform in the world, the number one online platform with 150 million users. And the game has exploded since then. And it's gotten incredible media coverage. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of views of people playing the game online on all the major sites. So I want to thank the viewers. I want to thank the listeners. I want to thank everybody on X and you name it. And, and, and Jack Posobiec and Salty Cracker and all the countless people that reviewed the game, left and right, that said, hey, it's a great game. It's exciting. It's fun for making it a success. I want to thank the folks at Steam for not being cowards, even though they were under major pressure for accepting the game and putting it on their site. We're taking back the media. The left wants to dominate comedy, Hollywood, books, education, religion, everything. And it's all corporately funded, and humanity is rejecting it. So I want to invite everybody, now that the game's available on Steam, to go to alexjonesgame.com, because that gives you the sublink right to the subpage of Steam, where you can download the video game for $17.76. And if the game continues to be this successful, we're going to launch a whole company of new video games, not just for Alex Jones, but across the board promoting pro-human liberty visions of the future. The left already had Gamergate and all their infiltration of the media trying to control it. They lie about wanting to control things. We don't want to control things. We want to dominate by free will and by having ideas that are so good, everyone adopts it. So they're trying to kill your free will and manipulate it, sneak in behind you and brainwash you. We're trying to openly get everybody to re-embrace freedom and to wake up and say no to tyranny. So we've had incredible reviews. We'll play some of those in a moment. And we've had the amazing panicking by the Media Matters and the MSNBCs of the world. What does that tell you? They are scared of this art form. They are scared of you supporting it. So do what they don't want you to do and go now to alexjonesgame.com and download Alex Jones Dual Order Wars and play it and share it and promote it. Will this game save the world? No. But the spirit of resistance and what this game symbolizes will, and this will be a hell of a blow in the fight in the information war. The left claims we want to kill politicians. This is meant to go out and be able to kill. That is not our intent. Our intent is to get people to metaphysically in their minds have fun while they kill bad ideas. That's why it's a mostly peaceful video game. Get it now at alexjonesgame.com. It's New World Order Wars. Mission complete! start taking calls here in a few minutes and open up the spaces on X as well to get some feedback. Make sure you call on 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. 
let the crew screen some of those calls and let some people request to speak here on the space and cover some more news in the meantime. So talking about this sort of globalist trend among our political class, I just, I, I just have to show you this clip of Trudeau reaffirming his commitment to Ukraine. This is clip number five, just a minute long. I can't believe that the leader of any nation for their first conversation of a year would reaffirm their commitment to another nation than the one that they have actually been elected to represent. Let's go ahead and run five. My very first call this year was with Volodymyr Zelensky. Who wanted to know that Canada still stood with him, that Canadians still stood with him. And I told him, yes, we do. The Canadian government and most of the parties in the House will continue to stand with him. But Pierre Polyev and his conservatives chose to vote against support for Ukraine, calling it a faraway foreign land to appease Putin apologists like Tucker Carlson and those who enable him. While he does that, we have people like Yvonne Baker and Mark Gerritsen who are showing our liberal government won't back down when it comes to standing up to bullies and fighting for democracy at home and around the world. He's literally just complaining about somebody who's got a giant X account. That's it. I mean, Tucker, all Tucker Carlson is, is a person with opinions and a giant audience. He's got no formal authority. He's not an official pundit anymore on any major network. He's not a politician. He's not a bureaucrat. He holds no office. And all Justin Trudeau can do is complain about Tucker Carlson. I tell you what, if you are in a position of formal authority where you're elected and you actually have real power, official power, and you're complaining about someone who has informal authority, no actual power, only influence that has been given to them by millions of people because of their integrity, then that's a serious problem. If you actually have real political power because of an office you hold and your biggest threat in your mind is someone who has no political power, just opinions, that's a big problem. I mean, look, Martin Luther King, informal authority. No real power, but was a leader because people chose to follow him. Jesus Christ, no formal authority. I mean, obviously son of God, but this is just a guy that spoke the truth that performed miracles and people followed him. They chose to follow him, right? So Caesar's freaked out. Pilate's freaked out. Pharisees are freaked out. You don't ever want to be a formal authority complaining about the influence of an informal authority. The reason the informal authority is so powerful is because you have abused your formal authority. Let's hear from Timothy Lastly in the uh, space here. Timothy, can you unmute? Oh, looks like I'm not able to hear him. Uh, we're having that same glitch that we were having before. And the crew, so I'm going to disconnect from the, uh, the Bluetooth here, and I'm going to reconnect to see if we can actually get him, get him back on here. Give me a second here, Timothy. All right, try it again. Try it again. Mic check. Yep, how's it going? Great. Sound great. That's all I had to do is reconnect. Fantastic. Good morning, America. Uh, Chase, thank you very much for filling in for Harrison. Harrison, I hope your family feels better. Uh, America, um, Dr. Francis Boyle went on InfoWars first and told the world that airborne HIV was released by Fauci. And 
be really cool if Infowars, the archivist, could get all those clips together because I want to I want to share that with the world so that we're reminded exactly what's going on. Long COVID is nothing but a airborne HIV. God bless. Wow, fascinating. You know, I haven't looked I haven't looked into that enough to to know any of the details about it. Of course, I've I've heard some of these these rumors and and murmurings around it. I'd be interested to hear if anybody else in the space has some opinions on that. I do think that a lot of the long COVID is actually caused by the the vaccines, for sure. So my dad, for example, despite ha- me telling him time and time again not to get any of the vaccines, especially not the mRNA vaccines, got the vaccines for work reasons. So they could, he could go to meetings and things like that. And he was diagnosed with long COVID because he had COVID. But really, I think that the uh, the side effects that he was experiencing were as a result of the vaccines. What do you think, Timothy? It's very possible that it's both. I think it's a binary weapon system. I think that the, they released it and then they needed the vaccine to actually amplify it. And I think that they're also using 5G technology, cell phones, the gambit, the full gambit. See, every act of government is an act of political violence towards humanity, every single act. And that's what they're doing. So I wouldn't put it past them. And it's up to us to drop our sheepish kind of understanding of the world. Like, oh, they never do it to us, but they're actually, they actually did it. And they're putting a smile on their face and telling us that it's just turbo cancer. So, so yeah. So is your opinion um, that, that we shouldn't have any government at all or just small government? No, my opinion is, is that we have full accountability in government. In fact, if anything, we could do exit interviews and then find out how much corruption. This is uh, from Tin Man from the TMI show. We could do exit interviews and find out exactly how much corruption has taken place in their tenure and then charge them accordingly. Or we can put shock collars on them, like my <laughs> idea, like actual, like if they violate the Constitution, let's put some shock collars on them. We're at that state where we need actual fail safes in order to protect the entire planet's population. Sorry, but we are. Yeah. I'm with you. Raymond, what do you think? I've had to use the speaker. Chase, thank you very much. I appreciate everybody in the space. This is great. I'm glad you're making great use of that space. This is beautiful. Um, this whole COVID thing is, I don't know. I, I, I believe we're beyond COVID situation and getting the bigger, scarier things uh, that, are, that are coming up across mm. the border. Uh, you know, yeah, I think who could really speak up on this that's got super eyes on the ground that's in spaces right now is beyond the mask in April. They've even had running with border patrol and everything else. They could really tell you, like, what's going on with everything, everything. I appreciate your time. Take care. Thanks for speaking, Raymond. Christy, I added you as a speaker as well. But before we go to you, Christy, let's, let's, hear, let's hear from uh, Beyond the Mask. What's up? Of course. Hey, how you doing, Chase? Good. Thanks for calling. Hey, thanks for having us on, man. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, man, this whole vaccine thing, I think it's all a, a ploy. Uh, my wife was actually vaccine injured from, uh, what year was it? 1981. 1981 from a DPT shot. DPT shot. I'm sorry to hear uh, that. Yeah, she has Guillain-Barre. So, yeah, these, uh, these vaccines, man, even though they say they're all for health and stuff, uh, they're really not, you know, it's just they put it out there to, to deteriorate our body and just to, to, get, to get rid of us. I mean, we're the new, uh, we're, we're cattle to them, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, it's what a great way for them to make money to treat you for an illness that you don't have. 
and say that you won't get it. Let's hear from Christy. Christy, what do you think? Hi, Chase. Thank you so much for letting me have the opportunity to speak. What are we talking about? The uh, COVID test? Yeah, we've been talking and about the, the COVID that's coming. Yes, yes. Um, I would say for my perspective, and I believe what Beyond is saying about what her his wife is doing, and I feel sorry for you, Beyond, about um about your wife, you know, in pain right now. I'm sorry, buddy. I feel bad for your wife. Tell her that I'm praying for her, okay, Beyond. But anyway, like I was saying, um go ahead, Beyond, what were you gonna say? I was just say thank you for those prayers. Yeah, not a problem. Just let her know I, I care about her, and of course I'll be thinking of her. Anyway, um, I just want to say, Chase, that I think that this new COVID shot about what Beyond is saying is absolutely not for sure happening down here, but I just hope that this COVID season goes away for my family and for the rest of my friends and my life that I have coming up, you know, for the future. Um. But no, I just think that this COVID season is a horrible idea, Chase, and I'm 100% on board with what you guys are going with and what you guys are going to come up with to help us. And I just want to say thank you, Chase, for having me on here. And let's work together as a team, everybody, and let's try to get over this COVID season if we can and try not to get everybody sick. And if we have to be shut down again here in California and where everybody lives, let's just deal with it. Because you know what? There's no big deal for us to get sick out there, right, Chase? That's right. Thank you so much for, for speaking on that. And I think you had some great points there. We do have to come up to a commercial break here because we are live on the air on Terrestrial Radio as well on InfoWars. You can check us out at InfoWars.com forward slash show. We're streaming the video version of this as well on the InfoWars X account. And uh, obviously this space is running, but we'll be back in just a few minutes after this break to have more speakers come forward as well as take calls from the old school traditional landline. In the meantime, make sure you guys visit InfoWars.com or InfoWarsStore.com. It'll be the reason we are still on the air by supercharging your body's defenses with some of the great deals that we have available to customers. Go to InfoWarsStore.com. We're boldly fighting the tyrants. We're fearlessly taking on the new world order. We're not backing down. And we've got amazing products at the same time. And I want to just ask God to convict your heart out there to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get Winter Sun, highest rated, quality, organic, D3, all, I see almost all, but it's, in the studies it's all, viral replication and spread happens because of lack of vitamin D3. And we got the best there is. Under the top, a dropper. Take a few drops today, especially in the winter. Go get it at InfoWarsStore.com. Go get our supercharged special, about to end because we're about to sell it at DNA Force Plus. 50% off DNA Force Plus when you get it with the real red pill and it's selling out too, but not as quick as DNA Force. It'll be sold out within days. That's there. Supercharge your body's defenses. Infowarstore.com. Get our newest product from Dr. Jones Naturals, which is next level foundational energy, the highest quality methylfolate. Most white people, particularly Northern Europeans, have a real problem in their cells. And you can look this up yourself processing folic acid. That's what Popeye eats the spinach. 
That's strong and folic acid. You know, a lot of birth defects are caused by lack of folic acid. Strong to the finish, because I eat my spinach. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> well, if, if you want to Popeye the Sailor Man, go get Next Level Foundational Energy with the highest quality methylfolate with the B-complex as a supercharger. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. And then you stack on top of that, 10-hour clean energy turbo force back in stock discounted. Next level. Get your next level financial energy. Get your turbo force now.